From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bed Bath & Beyond is back with more to choose from than ever before. At the new Bed Bath & Beyond, you'll find all the products and brands you love, along with a huge new selection of furniture, decor, and everything else you need to create the home of your dreams. All in one amazing online store. Download our new app and save even more with exclusive deals and offers. Plus, get free shipping right to your front door. Welcome to a bigger, better beyond. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Well, I'll tell you, I came from a denominational base. I spent from about 10 to 25 in the Southern Baptist group, which gave me really great doctrinal understanding, a great love for God, an understanding of the need for salvation, and all of that. After that, probably another 20 years in Bible church. You notice in in those groups, there's not a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit the works of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? And of late, I have come to really begin to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in my life. As a young mom, well, I'll tell you, now I have seven mostly grown children. I homeschooled them. There was a lot of doing a lot of efforting toward doing all the right things, good doctrine, and I can follow some rules. So what is the way to be the best fill in the blank? I can do that. At the time, though, it's not that I was devoid of awareness of the Holy Spirit. I feel like I had remarkable insight into mothering, which I don't think I was really trained for or equipped for. I always lived far away from family didn't have any grandmothers or anything really to coach me. But I, from the Holy Spirit, I had understanding of doing this thing will produce that fruit in the future. Or this looks innocuous, but it actually creates entitlement or greed or, or whatever it may be. So Holy Spirit was there. And I have pursued personal growth my entire life. Part of it is because who I am, and I think Holy Spirit was just there infusing me in those things. So now that my children are grown, and I work with my husband in Savior Martial Arts, a Christian faith-based martial arts school in executive administration, most of what I needed to do, most of what I wanted to do, is completed. So for the past two or three years, I've just been asking the Lord, what's next? I felt a little restlessness. What's next? I feel like something else 
is coming. And that's what we're here to talk about today. (laughs) And so I'm excited that you're bringing that up because God has led you on a spiritual journey that is unique, but is touching lives. And I'm honestly excited about it. So could you share about how he led you into your present ministry? I find that the Lord has a remarkable sense of humor and akin to, secondly, nothing is wasted. I'm a scientist by training. So empiricism, lists, input, outcome means a lot to me. I would not have imagined that what the Lord provided for me was a very intuitive next ministry. And it really rounds me out and challenges me in a lot of ways because in faith is mystery. In trust, there has to be some not knowing. And as a scientist, I'm not super great with that. So the way that I got started in working with sound was one of my children lives in a foreign country and talked about a sound bath. I had no idea what that was. Through a series of circumstances, came across one. I had no expectation. I just thought it'd be something interesting to talk to him about. And I was had experienced some chronic pain issues and came out of a little 40-minute sound bath completely pain-free. And my daughter, who was with me, had four successive visions, dream-like visions during that time. So I went to a few others, ended up with another child who lives out of state, another gong bath in California, And my daughter-in-law sat up, she's a career counselor, and she said, Lynn, you should be doing this. Shortly after that, they took me for several hours to a silent day spa. It was a series of hot and cold and wet and dry, and you just kind of go from place to place and do this cycle. And I had the opportunity for about three hours of silence to just blue sky visioneer and said, Lord, what do you have in this? Because when she said that, it really resonated with me. And I thought, I think there's something here. During those several hours, I had the opportunity to think of, what would this look like? What are the skills? What do I have? What do I need? What could that be? And afterward, I called my husband and he said, let's go for it. Let's get started. And I called the very first woman that I had had the first Gong sound bath, gong bath, sound immersion. They're all words for the same kind of thing. And it's been months. She does several a week with probably a couple of dozen people there. And I emailed and said, hey, do you ever do training lessons? And she wrote back and said, I remember you. You were here with your daughter. It was amazing. How could she have remembered me after hundreds of people This woman does very large ones, like at the National Gallery of Art. How could she possibly, but through something that Holy Spirit was doing, remember me? And that's how I got started training in some skill to be able to begin to present these sound immersions. So how does the precious Holy Spirit fill you and inspire you during your sound baths, your ministry sessions? So I do two kinds of sound immersions. I do group sound immersions where people basically come and lie on the floor, sit in a chair, lie on the couch, and I create a soundscape to kind of bring them into a place of relaxation and 
away from kind of the hamster wheel of racing thoughts. And then secondly, I do another one on a massage table privately with people. But both of them, I don't really practice a lot. I really go counter to everything that's in my scientific way of doing things. I don't think I'm going to start with this and do three of these and two of those and 20 minutes of this and finish with this and that. I have sort of a general idea, but in the moment, I connect with the spirit in me and have a sense. This is where the mystery and the wonder and the so not science, (laughs) the intuition comes in that I just know and go with it. I'm a second guesser. Well, I don't know. And I can analyze things to death, take them apart and get so confused because I do overanalyze. I have heard there's a thing such such as overthinking, but I have, I have no idea even what that means. How could you overthink? Because I'm a real thinker. And I say that tongue in cheek. I know I overthink, but I don't know when I'm doing it. So I have a real sense in the moment. I can feel the spirit move in me, pick this up, do this. And I've really had that with individuals. Because I have a degree in a field of biology, I know a lot about anatomy and physiology. And because I've spent decades training in many aspects of martial arts, I have a sense of body energy. And the Lord uses all of that in the moment to work with, whether it's a specific thing like sciatica or a general thing like I'm really anxious and someone's just coming because they want an hour of de-stressing. And um, I don't practice as much playing the gong. I have a large 26-inch symphonic gong. I don't practice a lot with it, as you would think, with a piece of of music and a piano. I practice over and over, getting the timing, getting the notes, getting all of those things. This is a very intuitive art. My gong is a symphonic gong, which means it has the ability to make every sound in the human range of hearing with the right tools and techniques. And every time I play it, something new comes up. Some new, sometimes it sounds like moaning. Sometimes it sounds like ringing and singing and whistling. And besides what you would expect from the resonant building sound of a gong. And are you surprised at what God does through you during these sessions? I think surprise is a really mild word. (laughs) I'm often shocked because I am not particularly musical in my estimation. I'm certainly not trained, uh, neither in singing nor in music. And really what I'm doing is not so much music. Music is rhythm, harmony, and melody. This is not so much music in that sense as it is sound. When I have people say afterward that they've had visions or the ability for the racing thoughts to just stop And when you did this one thing, I know that that's not from me. And a more remarkable thing is, I don't have a particularly nice singing voice. And I've 
had some hearing loss over progressively over time, but most noticeable over the last year and a half or so. So I know that in the natural, my pitching is not necessarily accurate. And <laughs> the most, for me, remarkable thing is there have been many times when I started with this um, Tibetan singing bowl, and it's called a singing bowl because you can go around the rim and it, it makes a particular tone with overtones and undertones. That's kind of the singing aspect of it besides just a strike. I just matched my voice tone to the bowl and singing in tongues just bubbled out of me, just in a tone I had never heard, in syllables I didn't know necessarily put together in that way. And the first time it happened, it was like following a path in my mind's eye, if you will. And I just followed it and I just sang and then it looped back around and repeat the tune like a verse, repeat again, and then a bridge. And I have a real sense when the path is done, it just stops. And so I got in a little bit of a habit there. Okay, I sing with the bowl. That's what I do. And one time I just had no sense of it. The funniest time for me was I was playing this thing called an ocean drum. It, it simulates the sound of waves. It has no musical tone. It's more of a rushing, swishing. It just is remarkably relaxing. And you can kind of feel the sound on your skin, if you will. And I'm playing it over this woman, and I hear a tune over her knees and lower legs. So I'm thinking, I'm not singing with this drum. That, that's probably not the right thing. So I went over to someone else. And when I came back by this woman, I hear this tune again. So because I'm so confident in myself, I walked away <laughs> and played the drum over everyone. And I came back, and I heard the tune again, and I just thought, Holy Spirit, you are going to make me sing this, aren't you? <laughs> and I just sang over her in tongues. This, The words, if you will, the syllables, they just come and they roll out. And I was able to tell her she's not a believer, but she's very interested in what she says, religion and spiritual things. And I just said, here's how that tune came. Here's why it came left it with her and talked to her about some things. The body holds emotional pain, especially things that have not been dealt with. And there's, there's a pattern in the way that we hold emotional trauma and difficulty. So I just gave her some information of what people have said. I went home, printed out and said, here are some things that the body tends to hold in the knee and lower legs and just left it at that. And I have had more than one song come to me in just that way with a different instrument because it's it's so risky to sing with chimes or a drum or do something I have never done before. One time it was just a word which sounded like Latin, which turned out to be Latin, that I didn't even know and I sang this Gregorian-style chant. Someone said, you sounded like an ancient woman, not, not like, like you're elderly and frail, but like deep grandmotherly wisdom. And I am completely confident 
that none of that is coming out of me because I don't have the ability to do that. I'm certainly not a songwriter. I'm not musical enough to come up with tunes and they're so varied. One time, one of my clients, private and group clients, is uh, people may know that we had a tragic shooting event in May of 2019 in Virginia Beach. Uh, We often refer to it now just as the event. And um, one of the survivors of the event, a widow actually, is one of my clients. And she was here one night and this song started coming forth and it started as a lament, but not a lament without hope. The way I remembered it is had probably two, three, four verses to it. I could not repeat a single tune that I've ever sung. They all have different flavors, but this lament started with such sadness, but not without hope. And it transformed toward the end like a lullaby. And it was just remarkable. And, and one of the women said, were you singing in Hebrew? It sounded like kind of like an ancient form, not modern Hebrew, like an ancient form of Hebrew. And one of the women said, oh, I heard Elohim. And someone else heard something. And this widow said, well, maybe that was for me because, because I had said, this was for you. I, you were in my heart when I was singing. And she said, maybe that was for me because I've just started taking some grief classes at the synagogue down the street. And it's really something because this particular outreach gives me a bridge into the spiritual community. We have a strong spiritual community in Virginia Beach who don't know who spirit is. And they will come to a sound immersion and say, something's really different here. I'm really changing. I'm really healing. You have a gift. And it gives me an opportunity over time to kind of gentle, if you will, people and most of, largely women, it's probably 80, 90% women who have been hurt by the church, by men in the church, by um, abusive ways that people have been appearing to be the church. And they're kind of done with that, but they have this strong draw to spirituality. When I sing over them, or I usually look for a message. Sometimes I sing over them and I know that's enough. Sometimes I just like to end, we like to end with just some minutes of quiet and I just go to each person and say, Lord, what do you have for them? Holy Spirit, give me something for them. I might lay my hands over them or hover depending on the moment and how well I know them. And I just speak life into them in whatever the Lord gives me at the moment. And a few people have said, you said three or four things you couldn't possibly have known. A believer will say, I know it was the Holy Spirit because of what you said. And other people will say, how could you have known that? And it's such a perfect bridge to tell them because they're so vulnerable and raw in a good way and open that I just touched on something tender and sweet. I usually just kneel down beside them and speak very quietly that only they can hear. 
some people leave in comments, some people tell me weeks later, some people never say anything, which I think is really good for me because I don't want to make it about me and I don't want them to make it about me. Go to the psychic. She will. That's not what we're doing here. Right. right. You're prophesying over them. You're singing in tongues. You're going into even probably some other places that some Christians might even be afraid of going in the spirit. Yes. You know, that's exciting. The scripture says that we could speak in the tongues of men and of angels. And sure, there's always a lot of debate about that. But there's been a misunderstanding. I believe that tongues are warfare. Tongues are praise. Tongues are used by God for worship, the self-edification. But there's, you know, it's the Holy Spirit praying through us. And we could develop our language. We need to sing in it. There are Christians who kind of, they may have experienced tongues once or twice, but they don't use it every day. And my encouragement is use it, sing it. You know, when I was a lifeguard, I'd spend eight hours on the lifeguard stand. So what was I doing the whole time? I was praying in tongues. I was singing in tongues. I was developing it. It's like a baby, goo goo gaga. In time, it's mama dada. In time, it's, hey, mom, dad, can I get the keys to the car? Am I right? Like, we develop our language and we need to develop tongues. And for you in your ministry, God has brought you to a place where you're able to use that gift and the prophetic and inner healing. And I mean, it's just, wow, over believers and non-believers. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's rare in the body of Christ. I think that we misunderstand a lot of things, but there are things that we could have adventures on. We could explore, we can experiment, we could grow more and more in Christ. What are some other stories of healings that you've seen God doing through you in your ministry? Well, I'll tell you, it's absolutely a gift. And I love that. The ability to play these instruments was, to use a modern vernacular, a download. It came with remarkable speed, my ability to play. And that continues to develop and to discern, does this need to be a gentle relaxing the Sunday after the event, the event was on a Friday, the Sunday after the event, I had already planned a sound immersion. I just write little blurbs, Lord, what should you have for this month? And on the days, I'll call them something. This one I had called Stir Up and Release. And when people came, I played this um, Irish drum I have, which I don't play often because it's I just don't care for it that much. And I played and I sang a protest in tongues. And I think we all needed that. We needed to stir up and release that. And I had no idea the month before that that would be an appropriate thing. One of the survivors of the event told me that she was just done. She, it was too much. It was too sudden. She's just done. And it was too hard and too painful to be alone. And so she was in the process of suicide by gas, Mm. gas oven, stove, whatever. She was in the process. And she said, I have this sister-in-law, you know, she's really Christian. She's on her knees praying. You know, she actually does that and called me and said, The Lord just told me to call you. Are you okay? Wow. And she said, it pulled me out of that. And this is how 
the power of Holy Spirit works across so many people simultaneously. The sister-in-law was used in this step. And then my client says, and the first thought I had was, I need to go see Lynn for healing. And it's incredibly humbling. I don't call myself a sound healer because I'm incredibly aware that I'm not healing anyone. Sound has the ability to heal the body, but also the spirit and emotions. For me, my first encounter with a sound immersion was the various sound waves interrupted some chronic muscle tension and muscle pain I had. Interrupted it to the degree that my muscles completely relaxed and I walked out pain-free. And that does happen for people, whether it's chronic or just muscle tension, neck pain, you know, those kinds of things that when we tend to carry our tension in our body. But, you know, David played the harp for Saul and calmed Saul, the spirits in Saul and... Christians get afraid of vibrational healing because in the 70s, higher vibration and all that stuff started to come out. But it was really before that, the spiritist movement in the late 1800s. And people are particularly sensitive in Virginia Beach because Edgar Cayce's A.R.E. And, oh, well, the, the whole talk of vibration and spiritual healing and all that, people are really skittish about that. But the spiritual community is not. They're open to that. They're just, it's sort of a Holy Spirit ninja work (laughs) (laughs) that to blend my sound work and my martial arts work, they have no idea they're encountering Holy Spirit here. And that piece that I play in saving this woman from suicide and her vulnerability to me in opening herself to healing through sound is a just a remarkable gift and i think it's also using my the the mothering heart that holy spirit really gave me because it's such an irony i didn't even like to babysit mm. <laughs> as a child And I have all of these children, and Holy Spirit has used that to build in me this exponential household. It's it's a higher level, like this huge grandmotherly heart, passing on that volume of love to people. They feel it. They know it. Some people talk about the heat they feel in their bodies or the tingling or that kind of thing of a transfer of love and healing energy that can go between people is just astounding to to me as much as anyone because I'm such an empiricist right (laughs) right and why do you think that the Christian church world stays away from this form of ministry and What do you think can be done to change that? I think that as human beings, Christian or not, we're suspicious of things that we don't understand. There's a good aspect of that. Safety. You know, you don't... When you don't understand something, maybe you shouldn't just jump into it and see what it's like. There certainly are people 
who do that, but the general population doesn't. As Christians, we don't want to dishonor the Lord. We don't want to step into something that might be demonic, wolves in sheep's clothing, that kind of thing. However, if we understand that our great God created this entire planet and its multitudinous systems and said it's good, and you can look all over the world, shamans and priests have always used instruments and rhythm for healing. They discovered there's something inherent in the system about sound and healing. And if you look, even the church has known this, gongs are circles of metal dug from the earth, hand hammered into a round shape, maybe with a rim and maybe not. Bells starts with a round shape, hammered into a different shape. Bowls, same thing. Gong, bowls, and bells are all basically the same thing, different shapes. And there's something in our body. We have trace minerals in our body. Something in our body that resonates with metal, and which is dug from the earth. And this is something that in his great creative wisdom, the Lord put for us to find. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of man to reveal a matter. But as Christians, we get really worried about it because the enemy just jumped right on this and learned to use some things inherent in the system, built into the system for evil. When we don't understand something, I think we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, let's just don't do that at all. We tended to be that way with science, some with early medicine, some all kinds of education, all kinds of things. When it becomes secularized or in the opposite spiritual world, in the enemy's camp, we stay away from it. But in my experience, it's a healing tool. It's an outreach tool for me into it. How would I ever, as a spirit-filled Christian, get such an easy in to the spiritual world, the, the spiritual community in this area? How would I... Um, I just started by inviting friends, and now I'm probably six or seven rings out of people, friends of friends of friends, seven rings out. And it's largely centered on this group who are spiritually attuned, but not attuned to to Holy Spirit. Mm. How would I have ever reached into or even found this community that the Lord just brought them, and they shake their head and say, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you do this. It's incredible gifting. And I'm thinking, I'm not even actually sure what I'm doing. (laughs) Because this is where the Lord has me right now, is standing on the edge thinking, I'm not quite sure what I'm about to do. Because there's no list and no formula That's really, really risky for me. And sometimes afterward, especially when people just sort of fold up their pillows, blankets, yoga mats, whatever, and leave, the second guesser in me thinks, oh, no, they didn't get it there, you know. Um, But they're just, they don't really have often words for what just happened. And they need to go process this. And not everyone processes verbally. So back looping around to what you said, what can be done? I 
invite believers to my group sound work. My hope is over time to plant, if you will, prophetic people in my sound baths. So it's not just me. Because afterward, I usually have some herbal teas and some light snacks to encourage people to hang around for 30 minutes or so. Partly because you're often so relaxed, it's not a good time to get in the car. But also, some people need to process verbally what they just saw, what they just felt, um, releasing of pain or increasing of pain or visions or something, and they need some kind of context for that. But also, that's the opportunity to really speak into what the sound does and how what all that was. Many of my Christian friends have not come because it's weird, or they just don't have any... I wouldn't say most of them are opposed. Most of them are just kind of, huh, well, Lynn does odd things, <laughs> which is actually true. The ones who do come, the Spirit speaks to them, and I just am so grateful. I am so grateful that I'm not particularly good at having fun because I'm really good at marking off lists and because I tend to be a little stiffer and scientific. This is an opportunity in my life to really have fun with something, and I'm learning a new aspect of Holy Spirit who has this great sense of humor, like one time, not going to give you a song that's really wanting a song, really wanting to know this. People, people appreciate it, and they comment on it, and I don't want to make it about me, but if you could give me a song, I heard nothing. And I have. Well, I will now chant something, because this is where I want to, and when I try to do it myself, it tends to feel and fall flat. So I was at the very, very end with finishing with some light chimes, and I was just about to hang them up, and I heard this little tune coming in my mind. And I just thought, <laughs> you were just going to make me wait, weren't you? You were going to push me to the edge of trust. Of Well, I guess there's not going to be any singing in tongues this time until the very last moment. It keeps it from being formulaic. Wow. It keeps it from uh, me from thinking... I know what I'm doing. It keeps me a clean vessel. It keeps me, okay, if this is not what you're doing, this is not what I'm doing. Because Jesus said, I want to. I only do what I see the Father doing. And that is my goal, to be like in a dance where the Holy Spirit leads and I follow. And we work the steps together joyfully and close and moving together, but I'm not leading. And that's where I'm that's where I'm looking to be. In terms of working with believers, I have this idea that over time the churches that like to do unusual outreaches and and are open to this kind of odd idea, what if we, for a church that's in a community, had a, a sound immersion weekly? like yoga studios, some do, or monthly, or whatever we want to do. I come and play. Many people are becoming more aware of sound healing. I come and play, and a few prophetic believers come, and people from the community come. It's an avenue to find out that Christians are not dangerous. They're here to speak to you in love. Mm. That's That's where I would like to go with this. But what I'm doing in this whole thing, this whole intuitive relying on the Spirit, largely, 
I'm letting Holy Spirit bring these things to me. I met someone who has a small organic spa at the oceanfront, and she said, would you come play once a month for me, for whomever comes? We can only fit maybe 10 people, but that's a good number to be able to speak into. And it's great practice to, to walk up to someone that you have never met and say, Lord, what do you have for them? And let the Spirit just speak. And this opportunity to play monthly there gives me another entire group of people that I couldn't possibly encounter. That is my hope that we that churches can or believers can see this for the bridge that it is into people who appreciate healing, appreciate sound, appreciate relaxation, want to just come and unwind for an hour. That's awesome. I love it. Pouring out God's love, being a bridge. That's amazing. It is. And I would want people there who are not there to tell the um, gay people who show up or the tattooed people who show up or the people who show up reeking of weed or whatever it could be to not tell them all the things they're doing wrong. Don't bring your bias and your religion. Bring the love of God. Yes. No. Yes. Don't bring your religion and your rules. Come and speak love into these people because they, everyone can tell someone who comes with an agenda. Yeah who doesn't lead with love, but comes with an agenda. Hello, happy to meet you. To be in our club, you will need to. Right. And religion has pushed so many people away and hurt so many people. But love, <laughs> loving someone. I have a lesbian couple who often come. The first time I spoke in to one of the women's lives, she just came over. She actually, She's in her 60s, mid-60s, and she came across my living room on her knees and took my hands into her hands and looked in me and said, you have just spoken my life calling into me by what you said. And she's one of my most faithful attenders who's receiving tremendous healing and in fact, my husband was here at the end of a gong bath the other day, and he said, do you, have, do you have like trouble with your knee or something, something to do with a horse? He was asking another woman. This other woman said, oh, I do. Wow. And he said, could I just pray for your healing? And she said, oh, sure. And he prayed in Jesus' name for healing over her because the Lord gave him a word at the end. And she was so open to that and I don't think she's generally open to Jesus wow. she's much more because much more open to spiritual things because she's been very wounded by many men yeah it's incredible but God's using that as an incredible bridge God is bringing all of this to me which is fantastic I've been such a doer my whole life. Okay, what is the doctrine? Okay, I can do these things really well. And what is the most excellent way to do that? I will do it in that way. I homeschooled all of my children because it seemed the hardest and the best way. I have both brilliant children and a special needs child. That seemed like the most excellent way. I have a tendency to apply that to everything, even fuel efficiency. <laughs> but in this, there's 
the doing is not so much there. It's that following in the dance. And is the most glorious part of this journey is to lay down the doing and to lay down the efforting and to revel in the mystery. That's awesome. What is the best way that our listeners can contact you if they have questions about your ministry and your form of ministry? I have a website. It is Sounds of Evensong. Sounds is plural of evensong.com. Evensong is actually a British song service. The reason I chose this name is I'd asked the Lord, I really want a meaningful name. And Evensong is a worship service done late in the day when most of the work is done. And it is in song and centers on God among us. And when I when I looked, I heard Evensong and I thought, oh, I think that might be it. The more I looked into what the Evensong service is, and my children are grown. I'm about to turn 61. I'm late in the day when most of the work is done. And it was just perfect. And I started with sounds because it's easier to pe- for people to remember and to find. So soundsofevensong.com. You can... You can kind of see some of the options of what I do. It's it's a, enough of an overview without drowning people. And then there's a contact form. Awesome. Well, I appreciate this. Thank you so much. I'm Rochelle Lasky, co-founder of Fireborn Ministries. And recently, many of you have been asking how you can partner with our ministry through giving. I want to share with you something God has laid on my heart over the last few years. I've had vivid dreams in which sex trafficking victims are rescued, rehabilitated, and they encountered Jesus. My husband Jared and I knew these leadings were from the Lord, but we didn't know what our part was in the solution until recently. Fireborn has just created a brand new partnership and we are raising funds to rescue victims of sex trafficking in Honduras and in the United States. If you would like to partner with us or give a donation of any amount, 100% of funds go straight to these life-changing endeavors. You can go to paypal.me forward slash Fireborn Ministries and give directly toward rescuing sex trafficking victims. Or go to our website, firebornministries.com and click on give to see other worthy projects we are supporting. Thank you so much for praying for us and partnering with Fireborn Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.